Attention, Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. In this week's episode, Jake talks about how wrong he was about Rayquaza, Chuck dies on a hill, Nick is out partying, and R4 Gaming puts Umbreon VMAX in every deck except the one it belongs in. <laughs> how are we doing today, Chuck? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I wasn't know it. You said you were going to do something different, so that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was a little different. Uh, I think it, it, it's appropriate for kind of the discussion point we have today. Um, so yeah, yeah. For for yeah, we'll we'll get into it, I guess, after we do our intro and talking and just having a little bit of fun here to start. Yeah, I mean, you had me uh, going. I could hold it together until you talked about <laughs> Ryan putting a uh, single putting Umbreon in every deck. But we that's the discussion for later. <laughs> for sure. But how have you been uh since uh since the last time you were on? So it's been uh, about 2 weeks now. Yeah, uh been a, been a couple of weeks. It's it's good. It's October now. So it's my birthday month. So yes. uh, happy birthday in advance, I guess. In advance. It's not till the two more weeks yet so yeah um not for not just yet but uh just uh, doing some planning for things and you know having fun uh celebrations released so there was that fun for the yeah that was a lot of fun yeah um did you happen to get any celebrations yeah so this week actually um work started or it was the end of the quarter so we um went from being super busy to try to rush everything out at the end of the quarter to um, just kind of taking it easy. So I had a full weekend and I actually went around town or went around all of Pittsburgh, um, got a few things from one place, another from another. Um, and I ended up getting, what did I get? I got a couple of those little tins. I got the Zacian. And then um, I think that was basically it for celebrations. Um, didn't pull a whole heck of a lot as far as like, like super bling, but I did get those professor research, uh, not the full art, but the one that, uh, you know, he's sticking his arm through the art onto yeah. the actual card. So th that card's super sweet. And I did get one Mew, um, which also uh, probably the most playable card in the, you know, the set. Uh, so I was pretty happy there. I think I got the, what did I get? I got the Rockets Zapdos and there was something else here. I, I know I showed you right before. It was the Garchomp, the, uh, uh, um, what's her name, what's her name, um, Cynthia's Garchomp. So, no, a pretty, pretty decent uh, pull rate, and I was pretty happy to be able to open some celebrations, but how about yourself? Um, I did not, I have to give a shout out to the guys down at Sports Cards Junction, because they helped me out, <laughs> I had to work on Friday, and I know everyone was going crazy, running around, finding their celebrations, um, and they were nice enough to let uh, a coworker of mine that happens to, to work in the area pay for some celebrations. And I was going to come pick it up, but they gave it to him mm -hmm. so I could get it after work. But they totally hooked me up with the Zashian box. So I, I could at least have that. And then on my way home, I got lucky, I guess, at a Target at four o'clock in, in the <laughs> afternoon. And found the Pikachu V Union, which is the one set I wanted because. Oh, geez. Yeah, that Pikachu V Union seems actually pretty good. It's a V Union, and that card art is just classic. 25 yeah. Pikachus on one. Um, so that was really cool. I managed to pull some pretty cool stuff. 
I got the Mew as well. Like we said, I think that's going to be an extremely playable card. I don't think you need to go crazy because I don't think the Mew itself is going to like not the gold Mew, the regular mm-hmm. Mew is going to be that expensive. No, I think it was a dollar on TCG yeah. player or somewhere so, in that neighborhood. So I'm not, I'm not saying go out and grab celebrations because you need a Mew. Uh, you can probably <laughs> order a couple for five bucks and be good because you're only going to need one or two. Yeah. Um, but I did get a Mewtwo EX, which looks really cool. And that got me hyped. That was like the first one thing I pulled. And that was like, because, and that got me hyped for the whole set. Because mm-hmm. I was, I'm new. So all this old stuff, like pulling base set Charizard, you can get like, it didn't really like, that wasn't intriguing to me. So I wasn't really like hyped, but I was like, well, I want to be Union and I want to try and get some of these cool new cards and a, and a Mew because it's going to be playable. But then I pulled the Mew 2EX and I was like, this is awesome. I want more. So yeah. now I'm like hyped for celebrations and I just want more. For yeah. sure. So I, I need to give a shout out to my my homies over in Oregon. Um, they knew that I, I wasn't able to acquire the Dragapult um, just because I was only able to get, you know, a limited amount. Right. And they happened just to get one for me and, and, you know, they're, they're sending it over. So super appreciative, appreciative of everybody over there. Um, You guys are awesome. And I cannot wait to open, uh, uh, you know, another, another box uh, and see what I pull there. And then also, you know, Dragapult, Dragapult's my boy Um, just to get that Dragapult, uh, you know, promo card, super awesome. I'm super excited and I'm very humbled uh, by their generosity out there. It is it is a tough choice out there when you're because a lot of places are limiting what you can purchase. So it's mm-hmm. when the promos are pretty cool. Like I had to choose against the Sylveon because money. Because, yeah. Uh, it's just that's that's the to break sometimes when you have to pick some things for that you can't get or can't find. Agreed. Um, but it was that's so, really cool that they're coming through for you though. Oh yeah, Good I job, I, Oregon. <laughs> For sure, I agree. Um, but I do have a bone to pick with one of our locals, uh, Tim. He he he's a very big proponent of going to Target and buying those three pack blues, uh, blisters. And I wasn't able to find celebrations at my Target, but there were a few three pack blisters, and I I pulled green codes out of all of them. He's like, oh no, it's guaranteed you get a, a white code, and he just keeps showing me all these cards that he pulls. He has his, his, you know, all these VMAXs and, and all arts, full arts and everything like that. Um, and, and it was just, it just, it didn't work for me. So those blisters are garbage in my eyes. It's, I see, I, well, the three packs, I agree with you. The single pack blisters with the coin and the promo card. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I think I've gotten like really good hits out of those. Like one yeah. out of every three or four because they're a little bit more than buying one pack, but you, I mean, I've gotten way too many EVs now. I got some pretty cool stuff out of those. So the single pack, I, I'm saying the single pack blisters are where they're at. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think um, in chat or not chat, but uh, you know, in, in the, in the uh, what's it called? The Twitter sphere, or Discord Twitter or sphere, Discord sphere, or or any of the, you know the, the Apple Podcast sphere. What do you guys think? Uh, what's the best uh, product to get to try to guarantee yourself a pretty decent poll? <laughs> anything, anything, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you can find packs, yeah. so that's what some people will say. If you can find some packs, 
yeah all that's, right that, that is the trick but let's let's get to some uh some trivia i know you said you had one and I, i'm I excited do, i have a trivia it's um kind of uh a little bit I'll, I'll admit it's a little last minute but i think it's a good qu- trivia question um so when was the last time Kadabra was a Pokemon TCG card? Uh, obviously, he was in base set. And I know anybody that's played the game for a long time is probably yelling at me because there might be a subset. Um, if you can give me the year or the set, I'll take either one as the answer. I, I don't know the sets very well past... I'm just thinking here. I know there were a few that um, that skipped from Abra straight to Alakazam. Yeah, I feel I, I I feel like there is a set after base set, and I wouldn't have any idea. So I'm just gonna say. T- uh, I give you one hint. It kind of has a little synonymous adjunct similarities with our current. Evolving Sky set in its name. Roaring Skies? There's no way, right? No, that's that's too good. That's yeah, that's yeah. Was, no, I, I don't know. I would say two thousand two. Two thousand two is. I'll you set up. You can. I can give you a year. Yeah, that is very close. You were one year off. Two thousand three. By the way, it, when I it was kind of high school, so that was a long time ago. Same, same. <laughs> um, two thousand three. It was in the Sky Ridge set. That was oh man, time. I I know I'm gonna get grief for this. Oh my gosh, that's right. I, I, <laughs> I knew it was. I I knew it couldn't have been just base set, but uh, yeah, I I failed. I, I <laughs> that's all right. I didn't know until I googled it. So, um, I that's had to check my for. own facts on that one. So, hey, it's right. better than uh, just throwing a fact out there and then not actually checking like I did a couple. Well, last time I was on, I gave you guys a trivia. How's there? What's the four ways to win? And there's more than four. So <laughs> yeah. Hey, but we won, so it was all that mattered. <laughs> um, all right, I think uh, let's go to to random card madness. I'm looking forward to this for sure. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I've already said we're gonna do two, but we're gonna. I'm gonna start. I want to do bookends on our current standard meta. Standard meta. Let's do it. And I want to do celebrations first. So we're gonna do a random card from celebrations, and this does not only the playable celebrations. Is, correct. Yeah, this does not include the classic collection. So it's the one through 25. Um, Let me pull up celebrations. Um, so we'll see uh, if any of those are playable or uh, binder fodder because it's not bulk. It's a celebration. Save all of it. So <laughs> Save we'll all of them. Yeah. Um, all right. This is card number three. And then we are looking Kyogre. at Kyogre. <laughs> now it's 130 water Pokemon with two attacks. Uh, it's two water and a colorless aqua storm discard the top five cards of your deck and then choose two of your opponent's bench pokemon this attack does 50 damage for each energy you, card you discarded in this way to each of those pokemon don't apply <laughs> some resistance and then it has surf for two water two colorless 120 damage Ugh. potential i'm I'll, I'll start potential think about it top five cards of your deck you can hit that's 50 damage per energy. If you get lucky, you put a sight on it too. So you pick two bench Pokemon. Oh my God. If you get lucky, then just get three energy. That's 180 damage. You pick two Crobats, that's four prizes. 
I mean, yeah, that's all nice and dandy. I mean, there's a similar effect with the old discard and try to find energies. And that's a, what, um, was that the Victini? Um, no, no, that, no, that was the Flareon. Flareon, it was fire type. Well, B, um, doesn't B do the same thing? What no, doesn't B? Yeah, the supporter. Yeah, yeah, B, yeah, does this. Well, B just accelerates energies when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I don't know. I, you don't see Flareon doing a lot of damage um, or seeing any relevance in the meta. If, if you uh, hit the nuts, it's 280 damage. If you, you hit, hit all five. If you get, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this is very good. And um, surf for 120 damage for two water and two colorless. That's just very steep for not enough damage. Um, what you have uh, multiple Pokemon that only need one energy that does more damage than this. Um, so for me, I'm putting in my binder. I'm not going to put it in my bulk because, like you said, everything is rare, hollows. Um, and I do have to say, the art on this super awesome. Yeah, the art is super sweet on this. I will reserve this card in my binder as well until they print some way to stack your deck at least two to three cards deep. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you can, if, if, if you, you can were able guarantee... to guarantee three energies out of the five, yeah, sure. Well, uh, I would say even if you could guarantee two out of the three and then wish out of the last three for one mm-hmm. more, uh, the one 100 damage with a chance of doing more i mean run i i think it'd be worth it in a, at that in a point maybe but currently yeah that's just going straight to the binder because it's bench damage so you can put it in a spread deck with some other pokemon as well i'd but rather play amazing rare kyogre to be honest with you it is more amazing yes it is <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's let's jump over now we're going to go all the way back uh, I want to also do some sword and shield. So um, because there's a new set release, even though it's just celebrations, but um, we're celebrating sword and shield block. So we're yeah. good to go celebrating sword and shield block. And sometimes you just need to look back at some old cards to see if they're even playable or not. No. So uh, sure. we'll get a new number here. We're going to look for card number 87 uh, in the sword. Sydney and Crosby block. shout out to Pittsburgh right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was a good good pull, and we are looking at Mona, 70 HP Psychic Pokemon with the attack Moonlight, heal 30 damage from this Pokemon, and, the, and another attack with Psychic Colorless Psychic Sphere for 30 damage. This obviously uh, evolves into a Mosharna uh, with a couple different attacks, a Sleepy Pulse, your active Pokemon is now asleep. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now asleep. During the checkup, um, flips two coins. Instead of the uh, one. Yeah, so it, it takes two, two. You have to get two heads to wake up rather than two or one. And then uh, Hypnoblast, if your opponent's asleep, this attack does 120 more damage. So it's 130 instead of 110. Um, as cool in theory as this is, you know, thinking, you know, there might be a sleep. Uh, and then hitting him for extra damage. Uh, one, that's not enough damage to, to um, you know, be meaningful. You're still three-shotting any of the big guys and two-shotting, you know, single prizers or, or some of these two prizers. 
but there's just too many switch outs, um, you know, with air balloon, with switch, uh, escape rope still there, uh, a lot of list play bird keeper. So again, any of these lists that kind of rely on status effects, especially sleep, um, not a huge fan of. Again, I think this one might just have to be binder fodder for me. Yep. Unfortunately, I think this one's going to be binder fodder for me too. Uh, the 130, uh, if you, it might work in a cheeky, like I know that gym leader challenge format is huge. Mm -hmm. um, and that's taking out all of those big double prize or single prizes. So it might find its a home in like a status condition uh, gym leader challenge psychic deck. But yeah, as for any kind of competitive play, it doesn't do enough damage. Status effects aren't as impactful right now because of the switch effects as you said earlier uh the only thing i am going to say is the mana is one of those cool crochet arts so that card is going into a special binder where i have all those collected because i don't know the crochet art is cute so i agree so one thing if if that that sleepy pulse was an ability and then you could just attack right then and there um to guarantee they're sleeping maybe it would be better um but like we yeah. said, yeah, I think um, having to attack and then hope he's still asleep and stuck and then hit them for the 130 um, kind of feels kind of bad. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for random card madness. Let's... Yeah, I still think it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to just look at random cards and see, yeah, can this work? That's why uh, I like it. So um, sure. let's move into the news and news wise what do we news got? wise okay so there are a couple things and we kind of touched on this last week with um with jake uh talking about our atrocious jake from metapod um about um pokemon revealed the 2022 championship series details um having you know organized play at least at the local level um in a bunch of different regions but i kind of wanted to expand upon this because um you know, listening to other community members in, um, you know, in, you know, Twitter, other podcasts and everything, uh, people are getting really excited that the North America championship, although it doesn't have any specific time frame right now, um, it, it, it does indicate that it's right around the corner uh, from what I'm hearing, December, January, maybe February. Um, but being able to play for CP, that's something that uh, you and I have not been able to do because, you know, we got into the game right before, right before pandemic. Um, and, you know, obviously when we were starting, there was no chance that we would ever uh, think about CP for that first season. But um, going yeah. into this, like it, the possibilities, you know, of, of competing and playing at big tournaments in, in Pokemon is something very, very appealing. And I think, uh, for me, at least, I'm super excited because it's been a long time since we've been to a big organized event uh, of any scale. Um, you know, we did it in the past with X-Wing, but I can't wait to jump into for Pokemon. Um, it, again, I think it depends on, like, for players like us, um, we had no CP going in, you know, from last season because obviously we were newer players then. Um, but it, maybe it presents a challenge, depending on the time frame and how many points needed. Um, for us to make that, you know, that day one, because I know there's going to be three separate, um, you know, days, depending on how many ranks you, you or how many points you acquire. Um, it might be something feasible um, to really push ourselves to try to, you know, qualify for Worlds, um, you know, starting from zero with not a full season. 
Um, but what, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, on, on trying to maybe potentially make a run for it? Um, I'm excited for, for whenever it starts up again. Um, it's something I would like, I like, I like the competition. That's one of the reasons why I play TCGs or competitive games in, in general. I just like oh, yeah. competition. Um, so it's going to be nice to see how I stack up against, uh, with a, a world's run, you're basically stacking yourself up against the rest of the world. Um, and it's neat, uh, because I haven't played in a, for me with Pokemon, I haven't played in, in a competitive run that is like Pokemon's where, yeah. um, it's more about, uh, consistencies in finishes, not necessarily going out and having to win one thing or, or one, uh, this that or just like it's just it it's more of a run than uh getting lucky once at a tournament and then you're yeah. kind of thing um so it is a little bit more intriguing to me to see if i can stack myself up pretty well over uh multiple finishes um in in trading card games because i have been playing trading card games for a while so i, mm -hmm. I feel that i'm pretty decent so oh, just, for sure uh, for playing against you i mean you're you're one of the yeah. top players I mean, in our area and i think i know for our area specifically um we had a lot of players that are either a um getting started right before pandemic maybe a little bit before but nothing like too crazy um and there's some veteran players that were really only just like uh you know local like really focus on locals and even some judges or everything like that um but now that we kind of have this group assembled um you know, there's a lot of people that, at least in the area, that I think that have a really good chance of making a pretty good push. Uh, again, um, to be determined on you know how long of a time frame we have, because we are at a disadvantage with having zero points mm -hmm. um, compared to people that started. It, it, it is what it is with you know the way the world has you know everything's kind of worked out, and I don't think Pokemon can make it fair for everybody. Um, so, say if we only had three months to make like 300 points, I don't know if that's doable. With, or, you know, if we had a little bit more, I'm not sure. Um, but again, like even if, like you were saying, just being able to stack up against, um, you know, world's competitors or people that have, you know, ambitions to making it. And even if we don't have time, you know, to, to quite make it, just to go to an event and get that feel, get our feet wet and compete yeah. at a big scale event, I, I, that excites me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Quite a bit. I mean, that's one of the big things we're kind of, what I'm kind of missing too is um, it just in general with like the big competitions is like we mm. haven't, uh, I have, I haven't, no one has because no one's running big events for anything. I've been able to compete at something big where there's hundreds of people getting like that atmosphere. You can't like recreate it online. Mm. So it doesn't matter how many people you have attending on your online tournament. It's still, I'm sitting in a room playing exactly by myself. So, uh, and, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it, that's just one of the, that's one of the major things I'm looking forward to because that environment is a lot of fun and competing. And even like you said, even if we're a little bit behind an eight ball because we don't have any CP to start, like I don't mind playing on hard mode. I do it all mm -hmm. the time. I like playing <laughs> on hard mode. I'm the guy that brings flinging fish cramorant <laughs> to the locals trying to go four and oh and goes over and four but hey yeah i could have just as easily gone the other way <laughs> it could have just as easily if it but, but it's just i don't mind playing on hard mode the competition like i just go for the competition so trying to stack myself up against everyone is oh, what i'm sure. really looking for so 
Yeah, and if it's anything like it was with X-Wing, and I know, uh, you know, people might be sick of us talking about X-Wing on a Pokemon podcast, but I know uh, we, you know, we went to Adepticon, what, 2018, right before pandemic. And that was like the last big event, uh, you know, other than Worlds for X uh, for there. But um, being able to be in a big convention center with hundreds of people and then playing in your games that matter. And I was lucky enough to do well, you know, finish top four in that. Um, but just being able to, you know, focus in your game when there's hundreds of people around and then you don't even realize they're there because you're so focused. Um, there's nothing like that feeling uh, when you just lock into to your game, you're in the zone. And I hopefully that kind of translates to Pokemon for, you know, for us and, and you know, going forward. But um, yeah, again, I can't I can't wait just to kind of see how Pokemon puts their events on compared to other games that we played in the past. Yeah, I can't can't agree more i'm just excited for the, the 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 run walk or whatever you want to call it just the process sprint it is, diff- <laughs> it is different than what i've done before so i'm curious and excited for however it goes for sure all right all right uh, so there was a little bit more news nothing too crazy you want to you want to lead us off with this one yeah uh, we just did get a couple cards for uh, potential there are promos in Japan, I'm thinking, for mm-hmm. uh, gym tournaments that might lead into future sets and stuff that we will get into the U.S. But uh, the big guy in in the release was a Galarian Mr. Rhyme V. Um, it's water Pokemon. Uh, it is a fusion Pokemon. Uh, it has uh, two attacks. And uh, we have a Magic Hands. Search your deck for three item cards and put them into your hand, then shuffle your deck. And then uh, uh, that was for water. And then a water, water, colorless, special crutch, 90 plus damage. If this Pokemon has a Pokemon tool attached, this attack does 90 more damage. So 180 if you put a tool on it. 180 if you put a tool. I don't know if it's quite good enough. Um, I think if I, I were to play a basic water Pokemon, I think at least right now, obviously, uh, to be determined with other cards that may be revealed. Um, I think I'd rather just play Suicune. Uh, less energy, potential for more damage, um, plus that has an abil- like actual ability. Um, might see utility. Um, I'm be not going to say it's a dead card for sure right now, but... Be that it's a fusion card, uh, it mm, might see... That utility. is true. Um, depends on how that, like, that fusion archetype runs out i'm actually really excited for that i i'm gonna try and build me a mu v mu v max fusion deck once that comes out i'm excited for that archetype to roll out so i don't know you how gotta, you gotta is. get those cards on ptcg live just you yeah. know just straight coins buying them don't have to worry about that trade yeah. system <laughs> that's what i'm gonna probably spend all my coins on so we'll see but i don't know how this would fit into it but it's a potential. It's another fusion attack that someone could that you could use. Um, whether you want 180 or something else. I mean, it just depends on how, how everything shakes out. But it's it's gonna be, I think, outshined by other water Pokemon in a straight water deck, though. I, I agree with you a thousand percent there. Um, uh, were there any other Pokemon in the set that you know you feel that's worth talking about, or do you want a straight go right into that item um no i mean no then there, there's a sylveon coming out but that that's if you like sylveon there that there's a sylveon release it's not going to be a useful attacker 
Um, so I, the, I, the only other one I want to really want to mention is the item that they released. So yeah, want to read it or do you want me to go to it? Um, spicy curry heal 40 damage from your active Pokemon. Your active Pokemon is now burned. Uh, you may play any number of uh, item cards uh, during this car or this turn. Uh, so spicy curry, what, what, what is your hot take on this? Uh, that's curious, <laughs> spicy, <laughs> but um, uh, no, this is like really dumb heal because if <laughs> if you don't have a way of getting rid of the burn, you're only healing 20, which is worse than a potion, which you could have just played instead. But yeah. um, I believe I, I don't know if you can get rid of the burn and or you play more than one spicy curry a turn because you can't become more burned than the first time um blissey has that ability where you i think it's either immune to special conditions or if you attach an energy it gets rid of all your special conditions so you could spicy curry heal 40 attach an energy burn goes away you've healed yourself better than a potion without discarding any energy from maybe like a hyper potion or yeah, yeah, sus, yeah. sussy food tin maybe but that's it's a little bit better than potion if you have ways of getting rid of the burn condition. For sure. So I think, yeah, I think all what you said was very valid um, for the point. I think this is probably going to be useless throughout its, you know, you know, its relevance in the, you know, standard rotation. The only time I could see this being good is if you have a Pokemon. I, I don't believe there's one cur currently, but if uh, maybe one comes out in the future, where if it has a status condition of its own, it does more damage um, based on having status conditions on itself, maybe. Um, maybe. But beyond that, I, I just think this is kind of just um, a hot mess. It's going to be like one of those uh, item cards like Mumuchi's or Sus Food Tin or uh, uh, you just got to, there's going, there might be a niche use where that burned comes in handy. For sure. All right, so I think that's it for the news. Uh, I think it's time to jump into the Whimsy Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to the Whimsy Watch. This is Art Wiper Gaming, but you can call me Ryan. This week, we have Dragapult being knocked down a peg, Ice Rider coming in really hot for an ice type, and a Scizor deck making top eight. Stay tuned for the decks that performed the best this week. Number five, we have... Dragapult and Teleon? I never thought I would say it, but Dragapult has been knocked down in popularity this week. Still, a strong showing of 10 instances in the top 8 for Dragapult is not too bad. I wonder what has happened. Hmm. Number 5, we have Jolteon and Teleon. Jolteon and Teleon ties with Dragapult and Teleon this week with 10 instances in the top 8. Jolteon is still busting those shady dealings going around. Number three, we have Zacian. The dynamic doggo duo are still out there showing that they are the bestest of boys. With 11 instances in the top eight, Zacian and Zamazesta take advantage of decks that are not running counters to wall decks. Be sure to update your text this week. Number one, Ice Rider Inteleon. Ice Rider Inteleon takes a tie for first with 17 instances in the top eight. Ice Rider's very consistent acceleration with Melanie and draw with Shady Dealings in Teleonline allows for this deck to dominate the meta. Number 1. Umbreon Urshifu 
tied with Ice Rider and Teleon, we have Umbreon Urshifu with 17 instances in the top 8. Finally, the deck that punches you in the face really hard takes home a number 1 spot in the popularity chart. This one is well deserved, Umbreon Urshifu. That's it for our best performing decks of the week. Let us know on Twitter at WatchWhimsy and at ry for gaming why you think Dragapult has fallen in popularity so much and why Ice Rider has come back with such fury. Now onto the decks that took home the gold. Ice Rider and Teleon won five tournaments this week, those being the Master Ball number 13 series two, the Australia TCG series number 48, the AFD Weekly number five, the Yosefi Thursday Madness season three number five, and last but not least, the Atlas Turtwig Den Series Challenge number three. Other decks that won this week consist of Dragapult and Teleon taking home two golds, Suicune Ludicolo taking home two golds, and Jolteon and Teleon, Urshifu and Teleon, Leafeon and Teleon, Zacian, and Umbreon Urshifu all taking home a single win this week. And that does it for this week's Whimsy Watch. Be sure to join in the roundtable discussions on the Discord every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the most thought-provoking discussions and the best debates. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. And we're back. And we are back. So let's get into the meat of this episode um what we were kind of you know we were really excited to kind of bring this up and our topic really of the day is um metagaming going from you know one set to the next so whenever new cards are about to hit um you know how to predict you know the meta what cards are going to have effects on it what old cards are going to come back up uh, and be relevant um and we kind of had a on this evolving skies we had a uh, one of those roundtable mashups so we do every Wednesday um, as a group Wednesday here. Every yep, Wednesday in our Discord, Discord uh, yep. Ryan, our Whimsy Watcher, hosts them. So Yeah, and, and basically what we did was we tried to predict the meta, um, how each deck was going to stack up um, with all the new Evolving Skies cards, um, with rotation hitting, um, what kind of you know impact the cards we're losing are going to have, and what decks we're going to see. So we kind of already did a a um, a pre um, evolving skies like uh, tier list, and then we've come back to it and we did it last week where we did a existing or what we think it is compared to what we've seen in the in the month plus um, with all these decks coming into fruition and seeing how they stacked up. Where did we get some right? Did we get some wrong? Um, and kind of just like, we'll have a we discussion a on lot. everything. We got a lot wrong. But. We got a lot wrong. We are a newer group, like I said. Um, and I think uh, we are pretty skilled players when it comes to, we, hey, we see, we net deck and we start playing with these decks. Um, but I think as a, you know, I would say, quote unquote, a newer player or, or players that are trying to strive to become a you know a, a very good player i think it's a very good skill to have um being able to predict you know the meta or or what cards are going to be good especially going into you know right after rotation going into these big tournaments irls coming back i think a lot of the players that have the most amount of success is to be able to make those decks uh, making those suicune decks work before anybody knew suicune was going to work or like henry brand bringing up dragapult when we all you know dragapult was dead um, you know, those kind of plays. So, you well, know, as a group, 
we're trying to get better, um, you know, predicting these things and, and, and growing with our community. Um, so I think it's a very big and, and important topic to talk about. Yeah, and that's, well, you're going to be, when you're trying to predict anything, you're going to be wrong a lot anyway. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, I laugh and say, boy, we were wrong because some of them, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, ah, you look at it and you think, nah, and then they turn out to be awesome. I mean, I did it with Rapid Strike Malamar before. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's just funny to look back at. Oh, for sure. And, and like a, a pre-reference, like we got some right. We got some wrong. We got some, like in some of the ones that we got wrong, we're not off. Um, so what we had, we had S tier, A tier, B tier. We had uh, Rogue and then Binder Fodder. Uh, our, our moderator, uh, R4 Gaming, didn't want to give um, pluses or minuses of those grades. So there was a lot of argument between the group um, where some of these shall lie. So like we were, you know, some of them might be an S where some, you know, half the group maybe were, were voting for an A or, or something, you know, they're close. So we're really kind of like in the nitty gritty, like really close. Um, and it's just kind of just like, um, you know, just little tiny differences between, you know, what we felt that were, you know, in one group to, to the other. Yeah. Um, um, do, where do you want to start? On um, our... So where I want to start is before we even get into our tier list per deck, I want to talk about some cards that we might have underestimated the effect of the meta um, in general. I know any of these cards, at least the three that I have written down, we all had, you know, marked as, you know, potential for being effective. But I think maybe we underestimated how effective and how that changed the meta or how effective these cards were to where they changed the meta. Even though these cards are, or some of these cards are in a lot of these decks, um, you know, it completely just changed what we thought were going to be at the top. I, I mean, on, on this, when we went over this before, I got two cards that I know, one that really affected it more than I thought it would, and one that didn't affect it as much as I thought it would. Yeah. So. All right. So I, I, we've talked about this card or these series of cards um, multiple times uh, through the existence of this podcast. Um, and as, as much as we were a fan of these, I think we, we got to start with Shady Dealings on um, the whole Sawa line. Um, you know that we, you know, any listeners knows that we were a big fan of Shady Dealings. Uh, but I don't think, I think even as big a fan as we were, we kind of underestimated how many decks would be using Shady Dealings. And I think that really affected some of the, the you know, the tier rankings we had for any of these said lists. Um, Shady Dealings is just so consistent, being able to pick a card out um, anytime you want any supporter card you need um, for, you know, the game state, the board state or what, whatnot. And I think, I think what we've severely underestimated was the game slowed down in a, it, the game is still fast, but it slowed down in a manner like where you weren't able to crowbat to Dene professors and see half your deck. Um, the game can still be fast, but it's not quite that like lightning speed. Um, so you have anything to add to the whole shady dealings? Well, that's the well, not one of the cards I had picked, but shading dealing. The one thing that I can say with that is that I underestimated me personally how well that uh, evolution line will fit with just about any Pokemon. Yeah, um, because I don't I don't remember anyone saying uh, like 
how it goes with just about any evolution yeah came out in evolving skies and it makes the work well and and to your point is is we did slow down a little bit where like it wasn't like everything was uh, you know get your big basic out hit 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 um yeah now we slowed down a little bit but the shady dealings kept made everything a little bit more consistent along Mm -hmm. the board so the speed's there but like in a different way because if you're up and running and then you need a card you can get it whatever you're looking for if you need that boss cool need more cards cool i'll go get a research you need the evolution yeah you You need need the damage you need the peak damage um, you know two turns in the future uh math all right well then i'm just gonna get to inteleon next turn like uh that'll fix math do i need um 30 damage now let me go get a leon it, it just doesn't like it came it just fit in every deck to get the cards they wanted out quicker than what you could with a like a a pitch and draw engine that we've been with with uh like a with the Dene, Dene and, and things and, like yeah. that so another thing i want to quickly add on the shady dealings i think another thing that kept it down before um and maybe we underestimated how you know how prevalent it would be now um was you know those tag teams um you had your your adp where he goes out there and turn one ultra creations or you get your you know your your picaram and you full blitz and you knock out something and you energy excel and you know i think shady dealings was just not in a position to do well when those kind of cards were out there um but with those cards not being there where you don't really have a uh, turn one going second threat to really do a, like meaningful damage or an effect like AP or, or even if you didn't knock something out with with Picaram, you're still getting three energy on the board and really setting up your board state. So there wasn't that immediate threat turn one going second. And so it really made turn one going first more important, um, which obviously with those evolutions, um, you know, through subsequent turns really made a difference. And I think we underestimated that um, just in general. Yeah. I mean, the, the Shady Dealings has pushed a very big importance onto turn one. Yeah. Um, that coin flip for first player is a little bit, I want to say probably the most important, the most important it's been since we've started playing. I oh, yeah. With a lot. I, of- I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't question that at all. All right. So you have any other cards that you want to talk about uh, before we get into these tiers? Um, uh, the only I had two. I'll real quickly. Well, we'll I'll do do the first one rather than mm-hmm. we'll do one that uh, I underestimated um, was Path the Peak. Oh yeah. Um, not in like I knew it was gonna uh, basically wreck some decks, but mm-hmm. I figured play, like we would find ways to play around, but it just they just can't like there's that's the yeah. reason why Eternatus is dropping out of the meta like um uh, uh even even shadow rider hill like it's just <laughs> uh it's you turning off abilities for any ability based engine in a deck is just hard pressed to do any like it's just hard pressed to win against a path deck yeah, and okay. especially with uh, a lot of decks playing that Intelli online, they are not affected by it at all. Yeah, and it, it just became a lot more 
uh, of a thing than I thought, even though I thought it was going to be uber popular. But yeah. the thought I had was that we could curtail it with other stadiums and stuff. But be that like what I've noticed is there's just not enough. There's no way to like get a stadium. Yeah. So there's say no like search. There's no way to get a stadium without a already running Inteleon or an ability based V Pokemon. So then you can't go get it with a when there's already a path out. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of like, I, I guess I could, so I, I knew it was going to be prevalent and I kind of uh, have the same sentiments as you. Um, but like, if you're going first and you throw a path and a Marnie down and your opponent had a slow to like medium start on their f- or first turn and didn't really have much they can do, um, that could be the game right then and there. Yeah. Um, path Marnie kind of a little too too good i think um where your opponent really can't play out of it in most cases obviously we thought you know there would be stadiums you you need and we've said it on other podcasts where you need at least um you know four stadiums plus maybe a pump kaboo to have like a fifth stadium bump uh for a, a pokemon search out i've seen decks with like upwards of six yeah um and at, at some point it and especially if you're going, you know, first and they do get that Marnie path out and then they do, you know, X after that. Sometimes you can't come back from that, even if you have six stadiums. Yeah. Because you're drawing into four and, you know, you have eight, uh, you know, Marnie slash professors in your deck in a lot of these decks. Um, but if you're playing less than that <laughs> or you have some in your hand and then you get Marnie to the bottom, uh, it's a very feels bad situation um path to the peak again we we considered it as a potential card but i think we maybe underestimated it yeah i i i can say i under like i thought it was going to be a really impactful card but even even when i thought it was going to be over impactful i want to say it impacted it more than i even thought it would yeah agreed okay so, so there uh, one more item this. okay so you you go for it all right. The flip side of this is a card that I thought was going to be uber impactful. And I want to say Ryan for gaming thought it was going to be uber impactful with his tier list is Umbreon VMAX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all thought, oh, free boss, just evolve. He's going to be everywhere. Put him in any deck, get rid of the boss's orders and run Umbreon's now. But he's only really <laughs> been in one place. So Yeah, I mean, it's still a really good card, um, but it doesn't just have a natural place in a lot of these meta decks. Um, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> We're not going to go into all the the jank lists, but it was kind of funny where it was like, okay, maybe we'll have you know, um, Calyrex with with uh, Umbreon or Eternatus. Uh, well, Eternatus has Umbreon, but maybe like Rayquaza, Umbreon, Leafeon, Umbreon, so things like that. Like there were a lot of decks that we were putting in like that A to B tier that were running that um, Umbreon. the Umbreon engine with whatever x deck i mean we didn't end up putting it it with single strike (laughs) how was that like (laughs) how was that even a thing yeah we never was like wow single strike hershey yeah that we'll use you know yeah that will use that that made that deck so much better uh but the one other card i do want to talk about that had an impact on the meta you know outside of any specific deck was raihan and being able to energy excel um, a basic energy and then attach really kind of gives you a, a comeback mechanic as far as like that turn that next turn where you may not have you know had 
energy excel with a lot of decks that don't have natural energy excel like dark doesn't have a naturally so maybe like a save wise deck you can do that um uh, or anything like that um where you can just get something off the discard um attach another energy and find another card and then just be off and running um i think there's still a lot more potential for this card with with um rapid strikers for foo i think we all predicted it being able to um still just be able to take that G-Max Rapid Flow back-to-back uh, -back turns potentially um, makes that deck super strong. But other decks um, definitely, you know, um, any, benefit any, from Rihon. Any single attached, like the one thing that there's a, like a bunch of single attack, a single attached Pokemon attackers out there, which I say that it's like usually a two energy cost attack. Like Eternatus is usually your single attached Pokemon. Dragapult, a single attached Pokemon, something that you're not looking to accelerate, but mm -hmm. Raihan just gives them a a quick strike back. Like you're never not in the game, even if you lose your one that only the only Pokemon that has energy, because you can literally just go, all right, give me that one energy and then back, attach for your next turn, and you're back up and running. Yeah, yeah. So I think we knew it was going to be a good card but it's been it's impact especially with shady dealings um kind of like tandem um getting to pick it out whenever you want and, and like you said whenever you get something knocked out and just being able to hit back that very term super important and i think maybe we underestimated a little bit yeah i mean it's it's not a card that you're gonna see like four of in every deck but it's definitely like a one of in a lot of decks yeah, a one of, two of with um with um you know any way to find it pretty easily. Uh, but you ready to get into some of these um these yep. decks and kind of where yeah. we thought they would be and where they ended up being. Let's let's break down this tier and see how how poorly I chose. I think well, what I have is what the group chose. I know some of us you know fought for a, a higher slash lower grade depending on the deck. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it. I think let's well, I jump into the. First, I eventually need to die on a hill to make your intro. Yeah, work. we're not going to start on the hill that you're going to die on. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and start um, on Rapid Strike Urshifu. I think our group and many other groups thought this was going to be S tier, BDIF, um, you know, especially with, you know, Raihan being able to hit um, the bench. Mew was leaving, um, you know, it, being able to just to do whatever you wanted when you wanted. Um, we had this at an S tier. Unmolested 120 G Max Rapid Flow. Like we thought that was going to go crazy uh, because there was nothing protecting your bench anymore. And you, we're not, we're not wrong. There is nothing protecting your bench anymore, but there's a lot of things that Urshifu don't like in the meta that kept yes. it down. So in our defense, I think S, you know, was overrated. I would say right now it's a B slash A, you know, somewhere in that in between, um, because it still has so many tools at its exposure. But like you said, um, Shadow Rider, which is not as prevalent as maybe we thought, still very bad matchup, um, especially if you know what you're doing with it. Dragapult, very bad matchup um, with or without Alcremies. Um, and then you're having some more, uh, you know, um, energy accelerations with, um, uh, what's it, with the Articuno. Um, plenty of 
psychic decks pushing this down, um, making it just not quite as effective as we thought. Yeah, I mean, it's really just it's um, there's no protecting like it it booned because Mew's gone, so there's nothing protecting it from its offense. But uh, it lost Jirachi, which is becoming a which we are like, well, weakness. Oh well, we just play around it. Um, but it is not like there's just been an influx of psychic decks that is yeah. it, it has no way to protect itself from that psychic weakness anymore. So it's that's what's really keeping it down um, in a deck by itself. I will say it's kind of people have found a way to still Urshifu itself is still a really good Pokemon in the meta. Oh, yeah. Kind of slid itself into a box deck that we will talk about later. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're we're we are definitely talking about that deck. But I want to next kind of jump into the main deck that kind of kept this down, and that's Dragapult. Um, Dragapult obviously hits it for weakness, um, being able to spread um, damage to take out multiple Pokemon, um, fix math, and then just <clears throat> this is I think the prime example of um, shady dealings, especially with the quick shooting, um, Inteleon that really kind of tipped the turn, the tides in its favor, um, and really kind of kept Urshifu down, but then also just was able to take on most things in the meta, um, because of that math fixer. Um, I want to first and foremost say that we, unfortunately for me, I know I wanted to keep it at least at a B, um, but the group decided on rogue, um, going into the meta with Dragapult and boy, were we wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> I don't so, I don't remember fighting that I don't remember that conversation but it, it we're completely wrong on that one. Yeah, Dragapult um again um I I know we've talked about it a lot since you know Henry Brand made it a popular thing but um being able to fix the numbers with quick shooting shooting being able to path to the peak and not worry about other pokemon I think another reason this deck is prevalent in the meta uh, is it has more pokemon search because fog crystal is a busted card being able to find an energy or a dragapult on you know with the shady dealings um <laughs> it, well, it, it just makes this deck super consistent and probably the most consistent to set up out of all the decks we're about to talk about well there's a reason why it's s tier right now because there's a mm -hmm. lot of things in it that uh basically hit uh, I mean, none of them are necessary. Like, I don't say that Dragapult comes up to the, like, if we're going to use a baseball analogy, it doesn't come up to the plate and hits home runs. But this mm -hmm. sucker hits doubles all day. Like, For sure. Um, because it, it, it does decent damage, but then you're putting damage on a, a meta right now that's running heavy uh, Inteleons. So you're putting damage on Sobbles and taking prizes on single prizes that is also hurting your other opponent your opponent's consistency because they're not going to be able to necessarily evolve and get the cards they want. And then the big bugaboo that was the Dragapult killer in Eternatus uh, is <laughs> when, when, it came out, when it came out and in Darkness of Blaze after Rebel Clash is turned off with a stadium, which is also it's not just it's not just like I need a path to, to take care of Eternatus. It's also taking care of a bunch of other decks. Probat. <laughs> taking like stopping crowbats and then is a fit in the deck so i mean there's another double and then on top of that like urshifu is a big thing so then you're hitting like weakness on popular decks and it's just 
everything kind of just keeps the ba- like just keep rounding the bases and keep going. It doesn't matter. Not only not only does it hit doubles consistently, I think its batting average is highest in the league. Like yeah. I said, with setting up, so you know, an uh, an all star level batting average was like three hundred plus, um, but this guy's hitting at least four hundred, <laughs> so uh, well above most of those other um, you know decks as far as average of you know setting up. I think. Yeah, and it, it's just it doesn't need a lot to set up. Even if you happen to lose a Dragapult with the addition of Raihan, you can recover quickly. Yep. Um, I, I mean, as long as you don't prize cards that you need, you usually can play your way out of a situation. For sure. Um, so do you want to go into another deck that we didn't even have on the radar for some um, unforgivable reason? <laughs> um, well, are we talking about... I don't know which one you're talking about. We're talking Suicune. Oh, <laughs> we didn't yeah. have this on the radar. We didn't even rate it, <clears throat> Ryan. <laughs> it was nowhere to be seen. Uh, it was our, nowhere to be seen. No one looked at Suicune and said, we should, you know, uh, play around with this. And it is, a, I mean, a really good deck. I have not played a lot of it myself. I have used Suicune in Ice Rider. Mm. And it is a, I mean... I do remember so, people saying Suicune is going to be a good Pokemon. So, yeah, I think the two main factors of us maybe not putting it on the deck or on the docket here um, was, again, the Shady Dealings effect, where in the past you didn't really have to load your bench up like we do now um, to get those consistency cards. So that really kind of helps Suicune um, just in general hit for those numbers for those two shots slash one shots. And we are talking more Suicune right now as, you know, its own standalone deck with um, maybe like a Ludicolo um, being able to have that one-shot option. Um, but Suicune with its ability, getting to get a free card, always pretty good. Um, having Ludicolo, having the option to take that one shot in a key pivotal matchup or a moment. Um, also with the Cape of Toughness, really making it pretty beefy for a two-prizer. Yeah. Um, and then again, it is a two prizer. It's not a three prizer. So you're, you, you know, you can have three of them um, you know, out in the field hitting hard. Um, so it really that, is pretty versatile. That is the big thing I think that was underestimated a lot when we were like previewing Evolving Skies. Cause I think a lot of people thought Suicune was going to be a good card, but they were mm-hmm. like, this is an Ice Rider backup attacker, someone you bring in to maybe make like boss and take out a V. No one thought that it, Suicune was going to ride the front seat is what I would say. Like, Suicune is a very solid attacker because, one, the meta does is uh, geared towards filling your bench and filling it yes. quickly. So you're getting enough Pokemon on there that you're going to hit things. And then someone, I don't, someone put the bright idea of putting a Cape of Toughness on it because now <laughs> it's out of one-shot territory for most VMAXs right now. Yeah. Um, so that... It's going to two-shot anything with 220, with its max of 220, or it gets pretty close. So yeah. it can it can favorably prize trade with you because it's going to two-shot and take three. You're going to hit it in two and take two. So you're taking favorable prize trades as well. Um, and then I knew Ludicolo was going to be good. I thought it was going to be in some other weird single prizer deck. Mm-hmm. But when you add 100 damage to something – Someone was going to find a spot to for it, and I'm I'm happy Ludicolo found somewhere to go because yeah, making this thing hit one one shot V maxes, I love that. 
So I agree. I, I thought Ludicolo might be more of a niche um, being stage two and clunky. But again, that kind of circles back to us not giving shady dealings, maybe the respect that needed um, being able to find that rare candy plus the evolution when you needed it. Um, so all those things kind of considered. Um, that was a big miss on our, our part, um, not predicting that. And hopefully, you know, we learn from, you know, from this experience going on to the next one. The one thing I can, I don't know, I'd have to get Colton, who's our local, who plays this a lot and loves it. I have to get him the, what I noticed is like the Ludicolo is a stage two, but it's not a stage two that you like, I need turn two. Yeah. I mean, it's a stage two that you need when you want it. So Exactly. The onus isn't there to get that stage two as quickly as possible. Yeah, you don't need it turn two. Um, yeah. You know, so in most cases, maybe. But you, uh, you kind of set up and you like let marinate until you exactly need it. Which so, it's not it's not a speed thing about getting that Ludicolo up as up as just having as you know the basic on the bench is a huge threat because your opponent's like, do I take him out? Do I take the yeah. you know do I take the do I take the Suicune out? Um, it really they, is kind of a mind game kind of a situation there. When you're playing against it, you got to know that at any point in time, he could dish out 100 extra damage just by evolving a Pokemon. For sure. All right, let's move on to the next. And this is um, where I admit I was wrong. Um, Rayquaza VMAX. Um, I know I've put a lot of work into it, especially early game or early meta. I know you've put into it as well. I, I've... I have some builds that I think maybe are a little more consistent you know, with, with having um, Octillery out there because they are Rapid Strike. Um, but it just isn't fast enough to do the damage or what it's it was maybe you know, advertised to do um, is take those big one-shots, you know, semi-early in the game. Now, you can still maybe make this work with a, with a Cheryl, but I'm not really seeing it too much. Um, still just a little too clunky. Um in general to get it up and taking big one shots um is this deck going to be you know dead for the the duration of its existence in, you know in our standard i don't think so um but i was wrong i thought we had him at an a and honestly at this point he's binder you know as it's standalone deck I, I, this is not the hill I'm going to die on, but I will point mm. out, I fought for him to be still higher than binder fodder because I did do a lot of playing with him. I, we went through our local online league. That's all I played. Um, it is not an A tier deck. So I was wrong. I still think Rayquaza has a lot of potential. I think the potential is there. It, and I don't think the yeah. part that I think what we, me personally, underestimated is how much path to the peak just screws Rayquaza out the window because yeah. there's multiple times like I don't it's the stadium like I this is one of the decks I was like all right just give me eight stadiums because th there's multiple times where I've sat there and I was like well I can't draw a single card and path is on the table because there's <laughs> no there's no cards in the deck that get you out of that because you everything it relies on for drawing is an ability based V. So it just screws the deck over and path is super prevalent. Um, if it gets up and going, like it does its thing, but it can just be turned off with a path. And if you don't have another stadium to just turn it, like just bump it at the beginning of your next turn, you're kind of just 
out, out on the ledge getting pushed off. Like it's just over. Yeah, I agree. Even though I will say too, like on there's even when you're not playing path decks, there are times where you can just feel like you're a turn behind the game and because you miss an energy or something like that. But mm-hmm. I've had that experience too. So it isn't, it wasn't, I would never have said it was still going to be an A tier deck. Yeah, I would have put it at B, at B but I, I get where people are, just, Path is just pushing it to the binder. Yeah. I was super wrong. And I know the group had A. I know was probably leaning more towards S. I, I, I was wrong. That A, <laughs> that A pre-ranking was on my back of argument. I think I put a 30-minute spiel on that roundtable how I thought Rayquaza was going to be great. And I yes. tried to I tried to back it up. Oh, and I had arguments like, with with Nick on this podcast uh, about how I thought it was going to be meta defining, um, and you know I think that's why he's out this week because he's out celebrating, partying that I was wrong. <laughs> you know, I could just see him, you know, in the back corner dancing yeah. over there. But yeah, I was wrong about Ray Ray. But let's go to one now that I was right, and I think that our community in general was wrong. Eternatus Vmax. Our community had him as A, but I know I had him at minimum or at a at a B. Um, but really, I I didn't see too much love for Eternatus going into the set. Um, maybe I think our community in general thought, you know, with with the Moltres out there, with um, you know Umbreon coming out, it was going to be able to hit those numbers, um, have decent energy acceleration. Um, but aside from those matchups that you're just hitting for weakness, uh, 270 at your max really isn't just good enough right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Eternatus came, like, I, there's a note in here on our, our, our things that Eternatus came out to one-hit KO tag teams. Like, yeah. I was like, it's going to bully tag teams. And 270 isn't a number that matters at the moment. Like, no, it's not enough in most cases or it's overkill so yeah and and just to get to that number um it it seems a little too slow to get your bench built up you know how you want them for a full max effect um in the past you know um it didn't matter as much because you were one-shotting those tag teams um that you compete compete with but now you're really competing with um other v maxes that you're just not going to really one-shot and even having zigzagoons in there, it's just not consistent enough. It's too bulky or too too um, clunky. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, we we've knocked it down since we've re-rated it. They've put it at rogue at the last round table, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, I mean, in it's probably play rate. It is probably like a rogue tier deck. I On its own, I don't think it's it's worth playing. Maybe as a I tech. I don't think it's worth playing right now, but it's another card. I don't think Eternatus is going to go away. I think people need to find ways to play it that aren't necessarily what it was before. Poison. Uh, uh, the poison back. Now, I don't think poison is. I don't think poison is the way. I think. No, I honestly, I I've been testing out. Uh, Nick brought it up last week. Wheezing. The the, I think the the Etern game is now to slow it down like i think i think sable is just a better wheezing fit than eternatus is you uh you may be right i'm not entirely positive but uh i don't necessarily i've just been toying around with an etern with wheezing and being able to because 
Weezing makes the math, depending on how it works out, it makes 270 matter if you get a poison, uh, get the attack off once. Um, but it's also like getting to 270 and trying to play around the fact that I am most likely not going to have more than five Pokemon on my bench. Um, so there is like a way of playing Eternatus without having an ability on Eternatus VMAX. That's like for sure. All right. So, so I, I, think, I think Dark has a good there's a lot of there's a lot of psychic decks. So Dark has a an, an area of an, a, an like an a time of opportunity right now to maybe capture I, on that. I agree with that, but let's actually that's a good segue into the next one. Um and I think the best dark attacking Pokemon um is probably Umbreon. And Umbreon doesn't go with you know every single deck like like um you know the group slash <clears throat> ryan was thinking i think it really fits Dang into sure. single strike Dang and sure. this was a this was a crime on our part we didn't have single strike um urshifu with umbreon in there um you know with the hound door um i think that's probably the best usage of dark um outside of moltres um with maybe like a um uh sylveon deck uh but let's kind of talk about single strike um, box when it comes to the Urshifu slash Umbreon. We didn't have this deck even ranked. Um, obviously, it is S tier. It's winning tournaments left and right and making cuts. Um, very consistent. Uh, doesn't really care about path compared to a lot of these decks. Um, what is it about single strike that makes it you know S tier? And why were we so off? Um, Umbreon. It's just Umbreon and then so Umbreon covers what single strike was kind of like really bad at and what held it down. Like, cause single strike was just come in and I'm going to one punch anything, but now like, but like psychic decks were like, yeah, okay. I'm going to one punch you first. Um, and he was gone and it, and it was a little clunky, but now you got a little bit of coverage and a little bit, more help in that you can set up the Umbreon and load him up with the single strikes if you find yourself in a psychic matchup and one punch you're still one punching because it's 160 right mm -hmm. max it's 160 plus you're any getting, of the fighting darks uh, any of the fighting darks you have so you're one hit KOing those dragapults the shadow riders um so you have that be able to strike back and then single strike still has its benefit benefit of um say you're going against ice rider or um some other deck in the like, being able to one shot a v max yeah it, it can still just light up a v max with one punch and that is a, a thing that no other deck really can claim that it can do unless it's like turn 10 or not really, mm -hmm. turn five for uh shadow rider yeah, Shadow Rider can do it, but it takes a lot of buildup. It's a little bit easier now with some of this energy acceleration. Um, but again, let's actually, yeah, I think Single Strike, you hit on all those details. Um, having those Hound Doors out there, being able to accelerate. I think I think what makes this deck more consistent than all the other like um, decks that are more ability-based um, is, you, you know, you do play your Professors, you play your Marnies, but you have that stadium that draws you cards. Um, so that's just one other avenue of drawing cards, especially when there's like path to the peak out, you can bump it. 
or have some, you know, these other things, that is a way to draw cards outside of what most decks do on top of, you know, Inteleon. Obviously, Inteleon is its own different beast. Um, but yeah, you're able to draw, you're able to accelerate, you're able to one-shot, you're able to hit through the walls, you're able to gust on a Pokemon ev evolution. Um, so maybe the consistency just in general over the Inteleons is maybe a little bit less. Um, we kind of had that discussion in the past, but I think it's options compared to basically every deck. Uh, it has more options in every deck. Um, it, yeah. it can deal with almost everything. There's like, I'm going to go back to that baseball analogy that I used on Dragapult, but I'm going to. This is a grand slam hitter. Yeah, but it's a grand slam hitter that still has a really good batting average. Like he's definitely mm. going two for three out of the night but they're hitting home runs or grand like he's he is hitting home runs and then he will strike out but he's going to hit more home runs right now than you are going to strike out so oh yeah, yeah. that's what i mean it's still got a good average yep i know i agree with everything it's a fun deck um so yeah it was a shame that we didn't even have it on the radar um i do want to say that uh it even is like before the rotation right after this i did play it in pog this is a deck that I had a lot of confidence in even before it started getting super um, prevalent. But again, yeah, it was, it was a shame. <laughs> I, I, it's the only one I haven't really been able to build because I have yet to get any kind of Umbreon. I have the single strikes ready to go. I have the Hound Dooms, but I have yet to get any kind of Umbreon. So yeah, it, it is a hard card to get. So. All right. So let's jump into that other um, psychic debt that we were talking about. Um, Shadow Rider Calyrax. Um, I think what we had it ahead of time uh, before the meta change out of A, obviously it lost its Gengar Mimikyu um, and it lost it, its Chaotic Swell. Um, how do you feel that that affected the deck? Um, I don't think it hurt. It, it hurt its speed and gave it a little bit more of a onus to get set up. Like, I feel like that's the one thing it might, shadow rider players might see or complain about is that sometimes just if you don't get enough these out or, or something like that you just can't get set up and you might kind of like reverse snowball because you can't mm -hmm. get set up correctly um but i still think i think we got it right this is one of the decks that we picked right and then yeah. we, we knocked it down off the s tier and we called it was going to be a it was still going to be good and i think it's still a tier um, yeah i think it's it's borderline like a minus b plus um but i i don't think we were way off on this one it still has lots of options um the art has more energy acceleration options like we said with um with with the articuno even now with zacian i've seen people start jumping with the new zacian from celebrations um it does have different energy acceleration options some might be better than others uh, Al Creamy, some people say keep it in, some people say don't not, but the adornment being able to super um, spread your energy out. Um, this deck is still in a pretty decent position. Um, yes, See, Path of Peak hurts it, but it Path doesn't hurt it like, like Rickwaza. Well, because the Punkaboo actually fits in this deck. Yes. Like, there's a lot of times, like, because Punkaboo is a bench, it's going to be a bench sitter mm. um, because it's it's not as good as Marshadow was. Punkaboo kind of like you can it doesn't Shadow Rider doesn't want to give the bench spot to it, but it can kind of 
carve out the space for it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, they've added some scoop ups and stuff like that, especially with the fact that Articuno, I think, was a very good addition into making up that lost energy gain from losing the mm -hmm. Gengar turn, the Gengar Q turn. But that that is why it doesn't suffer as bad as some other decks, because Punkaboo actually fits. I think Pumpkaboo and having Fog Crystal, having, you know, your four um, quick ball for Fog Crystal, that's eight Pokemon search out um, for either a stadium bump um, or just if, you know, Path of the Peak isn't there, you still have um, that energy acceleration with the Underworld Door um, and all of that good madness. So you have more options than most decks to deal with that kind of thing. Rayquaza has nothing to deal with it, like, like Shadow Rider, like we said um you know with those eight searches compared to the you know the the you know the the four quick ball maybe some level balls but you don't have pumpkaboo you don't have space for that yeah well that's um, so shadow rider's still a pretty solid deck i wouldn't say it's you know gonna be s class right now but it's definitely viable um especially if crushing hammers see more play coming in i i the only thing i'm gonna say is like i don't know why anyone complains about like i'm always a big opponent for alcremi but i in playing people online i feel like they forget that that alcremi can attack yeah in general like i i get that shadow rider wants energy on the board but and to two attack but i've seen i've played multiple shadow riders when they have like five energy on the board and they're trying to like set up a shadow rider where they could just put it on an alcremi and then ko for win they just don't yeah. think alcremi can yeah, i think they get tunnel vision. They get tunnel vision. I yeah. think that deck kind of lends it to it because that's what you want to do is get energy and underworld door, which it is a very great um, you know, effect. But sometimes I, I think it, it lends itself to a little bit more tunnel vision. Maybe that's another reason you're not seeing success with it. Obviously, top players um, won't yeah. make that tunnel vision error as often as other, but I think they're off playing other decks as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I will say is if you're if you're using Alcremi in the deck, Remember, it's not there to like, it's there for that closer when you only have five energy left and, and Shadow Rider can't do it. Al Creamy can. So, yeah. All right. I think we're, we're running a little low on time here compared to what are, we normally oh, yeah. do. We've been, we've been talking. So, let's, yeah. So let's, let's, um, I want to just briefly go over th um, three of these decks and then just say how wrong we were. I think it's just uh, Jolteon, Leafeon, Sylveon. We had them all at Rogue. And they're all at least A or B. And I think that just because um, they, they're all great for different reasons, but their energy efficiency um, is probably overall a theme of why they're all at least an A tier deck or at least a, a viable deck. Um, and they're just, they, they, they use, you know, the ability of, you know, the, the um, shady dealings a little better than normal. Or a little better than a lot of these decks. This is what, like, these are in looking at the Intel, like the the evolutions coming into Evolving Skies. It was hard to pick out what they could, like, the potential. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where we I, I, the underestimation of Shady Dealings because all of these, with the, I think the exception of Sylveon, um, Leafeon and and uh, Jolteon. Yeah, I got exceptional with with shady dealings like yeah the, can their consistency and to do the thing that they do which is spread or that bonus retreat like lock damage 
was like dialed up higher than we could predict. And they turned out to be really good deck. And, and I, I would really say, like, I really yeah. like the Sylveon box. Like I, I think Sylveon box is probably the best of the three, as far as just like options and everything. I think um, where Jolteon and Leafion are both very good decks. I think they're a little basic and kind of very linear on their, their strategies. So I think that's maybe a down, you know, why they're not S class, but all these decks are super, you know, relevant to play, um, you know, so, you know, give them a try if you haven't. Um, we, we were, uh, you know, wrong on all of these ones. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple more just to finish this off. And um, let's just kind of talk about these two as a total. I think um, Duraladon and Glaceon, we both had both of these at, or we as a group had them at B. I think with Glaceon having that, you know, the VMAX, you know, walling ability, with the high HP, um, we thought maybe it was going to be better than Zamazenta, but again, pass at a peak with shady dealings and lots of ways to deal with it really kind of made it not nearly as effective as we thought it would be. Um, and then Duraludon, the same kind of thing, uh, a tanky Pokemon, special energies um, out there being tanky, um, just not consistent enough, not, not hitting the numbers quite right. You just... Eh falls a little short so we had them at b i think they're both really at rogue yeah i mean duraladon i think i fought for it to be a little bit higher than glaceon i think just to situate the better wall deck if you're gonna wall something yeah um, it, it's just with duraladon he's not really a wall deck you're just banking on the fact that you can't one hit ko him and he has like the the basically a, like a no-no for special energy um it's just with him it just it's clunky because you're not and you're always a little step behind because you're not running the Inteleon engine. So yeah. when uh, that's just sometimes those decks, I played a lot of Duralon on those decks outspeed you and you're not, the math isn't great. I mean, you're only hitting for 220 or, or 230 with his So you really want to KOVs or two shot V maxes. But like I said, you're, sometimes you're a little slow. Okay, uh, a couple more really quick to go through. Um, Zacian builds just in general. Um, I just had them as dogs because you obviously are going to have a couple of Zamazentas maybe in there. I think we slightly underrated them. Um, we all know and love, um, you know, the Metal Saucer combination, um, being able to Intrepid Sword. I think we had it at B right now just because it was just maybe a little bit slower, not quite hitting the numbers if you, you know, if you're off and running with some of these decks. Um, but honestly i think we added a b i think it's at an a level it's winning tournaments it's still pretty consistently good um i wouldn't call this a huge miss on our parts um i mean i think there's not a lot to say about Zation because it's I mean, pretty consistent still. It, is a, it is a really good card and he finds himself up in if if you run metal at any form or fashion you're gonna find him in your deck because he's just that good of a card yeah i mean it i don't think we were terribly on off uh, i mean his middle of the road can be a little bit above the road, um, but he's not lighting the world on fire like S tier. No. Um, all right, so let's move on again. Um, one last one before you die on a hill. Um, Victini V. Um, we had him at a B. I think I think he's probably at that B level. He's still winning tournaments from time to time. And he I, does what he – if he goes first, he does his thing, attach energy – boss attach energy kill anything it wants basically i think victini is kind of making its way back now 
I think mm -hmm. people are going, hey, you know, Victini can take some of these Vs out if I can go first and before you evolve, like I can take some stuff out. I think it's starting to make its way back because um, people realize I've seen on the ladder, if you can Melanie to it. So yeah, like uh, they're trying trickier things out with Victini because I think it's probably their best fire Pokemon if you want to run a fire deck. Um, I have a saucy deck that you're going to see Thursday that has a big team in it. So we'll see. Um, Bring it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think. Spicy curry I, in it. I think, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a decent deck. I don't think it's going to light the world on fire, but I don't think it's, you know, uh, it, I will never fault somebody for bringing it. It's a solid deck. It's just not like S class, H it, class. It, uh, it's not something I would necessarily fear. Obviously, if you have a slow start, this deck's going to just crush you. Um, but again, it can have a slow start. It's on, on its own and going second feels kind of bad for Victini. Yeah. I All mean, right. So let's going second feels bad for a lot of these decks. That is very true. Which we said <laughs> earlier, like I, the onus is good. Like that coin flip is a lot more important, important than, um, I think we've ever seen it. Right? Yeah. Like, but again, with Suicune seeing success, um, and then the deck we're going to talk about next seeing success, it just feels like it just kind of, um, still in that spot where it's just never going to be quite that dominant force. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and jump on the last deck that we're going to talk about. And that is Ice Rider Calyrex. Um, our group had it at an S because obviously before this last meta, it was S being able to Melanie, um, you know, easy energy cost um, for pretty big damage, especially with like a addition of Leon and having like those pings, um, and originally Suicune kind of took the shadow or, you know, took the spotlight from it and it kind of really dipped down and didn't see play for a long period of time, but it's starting to see a little bit more success um, kind of in tandem with Suicune, but more of like an ice rider or ice rider deck itself. Um, maybe it's not S I think our group in general, keep it at an A and I know we're only battling over just, you know, a, a little bit like, you know, of ranking, but you are dying on this hill that you say it's SBDIF. Um, explain to us why. <laughs> I, I think this is, Ice Rider is BDIF because it doesn't, I don't, I think it's the one deck that doesn't have a matchup it fears. I, I like it just, you have a deck that has its game plan and you want to execute it and you can tailor that around whatever you're playing. It has it has a game plan to beat anything, even if you're going up against a metal deck like Zashian or something like that. Mm. A, a lot of that deals on speed, which Ice Rider has a lot of in itself. I mean, it can get set up. It can uh, put the onus on uh, Zashian mm -hmm. to try and keep up, um, even though you're only taking two prizes off of it. Um, I just think it has answers for anything in the meta. Um, I fully stand by it as, as s tier I, I think the suicune addition to it uh helps bring it to there uh because it gives it a turn two option to start out with now um yeah. if you can get that suicune up and running because you can um strike first with suicune if need be um if you don't go first um where suicune that's where suicune Ludicolo really excels in this meta because it can kind of doesn't care Mm -hmm. uh, whether it goes first or second um, because it can't, I mean, it's a little harder going second, but it can still get going. Yeah. Um, I just, I think it's S tier. I think it's just as good as uh, Dragapult. 
I love the deck. I play it a lot. It's my baby at the point. So I will die on the hill saying it's S tier. Now, when we're saying die on the hill, I don't think anybody's going to argue with the fact that it is a really good deck. I have it at a, uh, maybe not quite S, uh, but some positives I want to say about it. Um, I think it might, you know, with the addition of Suicune, it has that math fixer, at least um, the prize um, race fixer where you have that option to go, you know, three prize, two prize, three prize, where in the past with um, Ice Rider, you just take two Ice Riders out. I, I mean, that's a tall task, but it was possible. Um, now you can take that Ice Rider out and then have to deal with a Suicune. And then in the past, you know, it was another Ice Rider and you could potentially win the game right then and there. Um, but now that just takes you to five prizes and then you can have that other last um, big VMAX out there. Um, to make him have to go through or boss around to get, you know, something else, but it still buys you another turn of offense um, on the field. So it does have that going for it. Um, again, it takes really good advantage of shady dealings. I just think some of these other decks maybe are a little bit better and a little bit more consistent um, in general, obviously it's, a, it's an A tier deck, so you can always bring it and expect to win. Um, but I think it just is a little bit below, um, you know, some of the other stuff that we already put in the S, in my opinion, not to say it's far off, um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's where we're at. <laughs> I put it in, I put it in, this is kind of funny because I put it S tier right up there with your Dragapult. Um, we've had our plenty go, but like go back and forth matchups with, with those two decks. Dragapult is probably, I feel like one of its hardest matchups because you're taking out the consistency portion of the deck. Yeah. Um, it's really just whether I can, I mean, that that's, it, it's, it's a doable, a doable game. Oh, for sure. It's winnable. Uh, it's just a tough game. You got to play it right. There's no room for errors. Um, and I just, Price cards are important. <laughs> Price cards are very important. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of things that can go right for, uh, ice rider and they have answers for a lot of things i just it's the best and, and you need to one thing people st start need to put frost last in the deck with it just it needs frost last <laughs> it, it opens up so many possibilities put frost last in your ice rider deck you heard that frost moth people not frost moth frost <laughs> just messing with you <laughs> no i think it, no it's a solid deck um <laughs> you should i mean when i said you were going to die on a hill I think you more died on a hill, not necessarily died, but had more of a strong uh, or, or a stronger opposing argument in our last round table roundup wow, uh, that, with I'm multiple sure voices was, in there. There's multiple. Everyone in the room was against me at that. I know that I was alone on the hill for this <laughs> round table discussion because I didn't win. It's still listed in our A in our round table. Discussion. Yeah. I, again, I think it's a really good deck. Um, I just don't maybe think it's the BDIF like you think so, but uh, again, I can't fault you for it. There's, there's, um, you know, reasons that you think that, and they're viable reasons for sure. I, I try to not say stupid stuff on our podcast, but if it, if this is the stupid thing I'd say, Ice Rider V Max is BDIF. Bring it to worlds, guys. Uh, <laughs> you, you heard it here. <laughs> All right, I think that's gonna basically do it. Is there any last um, decks or thoughts that you wanted to speak on before we uh, head out for the day? Uh, no, no. All right. Well, you heard it there first. 
Um, I know this was a little bit longer of an episode. I, I thank you guys for bearing with us. Yeah, we got um, a little wordy, but hey. Yeah, we got a little wordy, but this was one of those episodes I were a little more excited about because, uh, you know, this this is something that we're going to do um, going into every new set, especially during the rotations. But I think going into every set and trying to predict the meta and why or why not certain decks may, you know, um, stock up or stock down. Um, and again, that will be every Wednesdays, depending on, you know, um, you know the is, schedule of everything dropping. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a bigger and wider one because we had rotation and the addition of a lot of evil. And the subtraction. The subtraction yeah, and, was huge, just as huge of a factor. Addition and subtraction was huge on this one. So that's why it's a lot to talk about and why we all have multiple feelings and opinions on a lot of decks. Sure. But I would like to, you know, you know, anybody that had any thoughts thinking that we're still off or, or any decks that we might have missed, um, let us know in the comments, um, let us know on Twitter. Um, you can, you can, uh, tweet at us at, uh, pit Pokepod, um, for the, you know, the podcast itself, uh, myself at Panux one, you got Chuck at, um, at watch whimsy. And you got uh, Nick at Duke of Hobbies and Ryan at R4 Gaming. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to come in and join the Ice Rider train, get in our Discord. I'm sure there's an invite in our show notes. For sure. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening again. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah. Thanks again. See ya.